all-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America. And enjoy a selection of exclusive non-stop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. You hate to use the term must win as we're sitting at week 12. Tom, we've used it, I feel like, every week. But if they lose the game, they're still in good shape. So, I mean, you can't really give it that official. I got my stamp right here, my official must win stamp book, and I'm not opening it. That makes me feel better. I'm not even looking at it. That makes me feel a lot better. But, I mean, when you get a gift from the football gods of a Dorian Thompson-Robinson followed by a Jake Browning start, in place of Deshaun Watson, who that name isn't what it used to be, mm-hmm. and Joe Burrow, who was who, that rounding name is, in the form. Yeah, and, right. and even though the Bengals were trying to dig out of a deep hole again this year, he was going to be a real song gun <laughs> to have to go up against if you're the Steelers. Now you don't have to go up against either of them. You've already bottled the opportunity against Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Now you go to Cincinnati, and you absolutely need this one. It's not going to kill you if you lose, like I said, but it would just help stabilize you, get you back on track, keep you in the thick of that wild card race. And there's going to be some games down this stretch here where you might lose. Don't drop one to a team that you're favored against on the road and to a team that's starting a guy in Browning that is is going to just be way out of his depth. And I know he's got 10 days to prepare since they played on Thursday night last week, he got a little extra runway, and he got into that Ravens game, so he got his feet wet a little bit. It's not like this is going to be his first game action of the regular season this year. I just have no picture in my mind's eye how the Bengals are able to pull this game out. And I think a lot of it, too, has to do with the Browns lose Watson and lose Chubb and they're still they're still a fighter. They're still that team that's like it, we're still going to try to make the playoffs. We're tough to play against. Our defense is great. Ford's running the ball well in Chubb's absence. We're going to rally around DTR, and we're going to we're going to make sure this thing continues to move in the right direction. The Bengals strike me more as a not that they aren't going to rally around Jake Browning or that they're just like yeah whatever kid. I'm not even going to look at you. But with Burrow going down, I kind of feel like they shoulders sag a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's a just, much bigger they, loss. It's hard for them to believe now. It's a much bigger loss for the Bengals to lose Joe than it was for the Browns to lose Deshaun. Yeah, I mean, that's and it's it, not that's even very easy to say. It's not even close. I mean, we just saw the Browns win at home against the Steelers. Granted, it was a very poor offensive performance by the Steelers, but the Browns weren't this high-powered offensive identity of a team. Their identity this year is based around the defense and the is it can the offense do enough to support them? Yes, they have. They've won seven games, but we know the offensive identity or we know the identity of the entire team in Cincinnati since Joe Burrow has arrived and it's just Joe Burrow. 
And yeah, he's got great pieces around him like Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Joe Mixon. And it doesn't matter. It, that team is a night and day looking team with Joe Burrow versus without Joe Burrow. And yeah, I mean, a lot of people were hopeful when the Steelers got the news of Deshaun Watson going down for the season saying, okay, you have the the seemingly quarterback advantage, Kenny Pickett over DTR, but you're still not sure because you know how little Deshaun Watson has, what his effect has on this team. And yes, we saw the best play of Deshaun that we have since he put on a Browns uniform when he had that second half against the Ravens and that comeback effort. But that wasn't a, okay, well, you had to expect it because Deshaun was doing stuff like that week in and week out ever since he joined the team midway through last season. Joe Burrow is the only reason the name the Cincinnati Bengals has been in the upper echelon of NFL teams for the last, what, two or three seasons. It's only him. I mean, granted, there are pieces around him, but none of those pieces come together without the glue that is Joe Burrow. And like you said, the lifeline, this is a much bigger lifeline for the Steelers to be given to play Browning than it was last week. You have a huge, huge advantage now this week compared to the advantage you had against going up the going up against the Browns backup quarterback last week. Couldn't agree more. And I'm interested to see what the Bengals' plan is. Are they going to— How do they attack? Because their offense— out of all of the AFC North offenses, they're the most modern version. I mean, they push the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. They've got thoroughbred wide receivers. It's a pass-heavy attacking team. Are they going to let Jake Browning drive the Ferrari, or are they going to put that in the garage and get the Toyota Corolla out mm. and just try to get from point A to point B? Personally, what do you really have to lose? I mean, you're in the right. middle of your prime as a team. If this is a lost year, this is a lost year. But you ain't trying to develop Jake Browning. You're not trying to insulate his confidence, make sure that he doesn't. Right. You're not trying to do what Kenny Pickett has done and say, don't force errors. So I would let him drive the Ferrari. And if he wrecks it, and he wrecks it. And he throws three interceptions. What does it matter? He's not your future. Well, I don't think you're going to be able to win many games, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust, AFC North style football. Joe Mixon gets all these carries and they win 16 to 13. Like, I don't think that's in the Bengals' DNA. No, it's not like they have a Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback right now or an Andy Dalton, right? Some guy that's there and could be we- could be good for the team, but overall, you're not invested in their future either, and you're thinking, is Browning our guy? No. So everything is tight as far as the AFC wildcard race is concerned and the division race. I just say you let this kid play like he's Burrow. I mean, you not you know what I mean, like, yeah, he the can try his best. Is just like Joe right. Burrow's offense, uh, maybe with a tweak here or there, not doing as intricate of stuff that Joe might do, and certainly not changing things at the line of scrimmage like I'm sure Joe does. But I would let this kid play. I- I'd mm-hmm. let him feel this sense of freedom while I'm out there, and I would let him run the Bengals' offense as the Bengals' offense was intended to be run. I wouldn't play scared if I was Cincinnati. I- like we said, you just have nothing to lose first off, and that's just the way your team is built to play. So even though the quarterback position is the main cog in that machine and it dropped off and you had to replace it with this spare part that you found at some knockoff drugstore and he's like, is this going to work? And the machine starts to click a little bit when it's in, but it seems like the knobs are turning like they should. 
go through some of the growing pains with him, go through some of the ugly plays with Browning, but let him push the ball to chase downfield. Let him use the wide receivers. Go in 11 personnel. They don't have any running backs in the backfield. Spread offense. That's what my plan of attack would be for the Bengals. I think that's good news for the Steelers as well because if the Bengals play that way, I think it plays right into the Steelers' hands. And I think you're going to see a team that only had the one turnover against the Browns last Sunday have their usual couple turnover game uh, and those turnovers leading to game-changing moments. So I hope the, the Bengals do, for the Steelers' sake, come out and play like the Bengals. I think that would lead to a lot of Browning mistakes. Obviously, Zach Taylor could think, you know, we don't want to do that against the Steelers team. Maybe we'd let him play that way moving forward. <clears throat> but against Pittsburgh, it's all about conservative, conservative, conservative. DTR didn't do anything really against the Steelers last week, and he ended up winning the game for the team. So it could go either way as far as the Bengals' plan of attack. But in summation to all of this, mm-hmm. the Steelers' defense has to come up huge in this game. And yes. another you know, 10 points allowed performance, 13 points allowed performance with a little bit more splash, a little bit more turnovers, a little bit more in the sack department uh, goes a long way in ensuring a victory even if the offense looks the same without Matt Canada. Yeah, I it's hard because Zach Taylor kind of is, in a way, with Kenny Pickett and Matt Canada, you've never seen Zach Taylor try to run this offense without Joe Burrow because Zach Taylor came in and they drafted Joe Burrow and they had him for the first couple of games and then he went down for the rest of the season, right? So that wasn't really your your best view of what Zach Taylor can do. I don't know how they approach it. I'm going to guess, though, you're you're the one saying they're going to go with the, give him the keys to the Ferrari. I, w- I would. I would do that. I have a feeling they don't do that. Yeah, because a lot of coaches are scared in the NFL. And I don't think Zach Taylor is that aggressive go-getter like some other, like a Shanahan or a, or a McVay would do, right? I, or a Sirianni would do. I just think that when you when your team relies so much around one specific person and you remove that person from the equation, I don't think a lot of coaches really are in the mindset of I'm going to approach this season and approach this offense the same way I would if that one guy was still in there. Now, I'll say this. This is a little off topic. The one guy who I think doesn't take that approach is Mike Tomlin. It's pretty clear Mike Tomlin just goes out every week with a winning, what he thinks is a winning formula, says I'm not going to adjust around this. Here's my strategy with my guys. If you remove one, it's what's his mentality? It's always next man up. I don't think Mike Tomlin falls into that category, but Zach Taylor, I have a feeling. I, I agree with I, – I'll say this. I agree with you. I think they should because what do they have to lose? They're not in the playoff hunt right now. I think they're the 10th seed in the AFC as it stands right now, maybe even the 11th. So they have a lot of ground to make up, and they're not going to be able to make up all of that ground with Joe Burrow. So I agree they should give the keys to Browning. To just run the offense the way Joe Burrow did, I have a feeling, though, that won't be the case. No, nah, it won't be the case because, again, the coaches, a lot of coaches are scared in the NFL. And for a lot of reasons that are beyond me, they don't trust quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, right. Unless you really prove that you can be trusted, you don't see NFL head coaches really allowing their quarterbacks to do as much as I think they should allow them to do. Uh-huh. Um, certainly not guys like Jake Browning 
who are just coming in to fill in for the injured Joe yeah. Burrow. And again, uh, it's not like this guy is another person that you are maybe looking at to say, oh, if Joe Burrow is out, let's see what mm-hmm. we have in Browning. Let's see if this guy's our future. That's certainly not the case in Cincinnati. You don't, you don't care about the future in Cincinnati. It's it's a Joe Burrow future, and whoever's the backup is just the backup. Yep. Um, but again, you know, this could be just a lost season in Cincinnati's stretch here while their team is in their and uh, operating in their window. Uh, it is interesting to think though that Joe Burrow might come back and not play with T. Higgins again uh, next year yeah. because Higgins will be a, a free agent free in the offseason and Burrow mm-hmm. obviously not able to play until next season. What up, everyone? It's Lunchbox from the Bobby Bone Show, and I'm here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car, like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive. You can count on your new Camry to get you anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You got to stop Joe Mixon. I think that's a big key in this game because if you're going to allow Jake Browning to push the ball down the field, if you're going to let him kind of do some of the same things that Burrow does in the offense, I think for a quarterback as inexperienced as him, having a strong running game to rely on is going to make his life a lot easier. So if you can cut the head off of that snake, I think that goes a long way. Mika Fitzpatrick hopefully is back in the fold this week for the Steelers because they need help desperately at that mm-hmm. position. Keanu Neal now placed on IR. You're not going to have him for at least the next few games. Uh, Elijah Riley goes down mm-hmm. against the Browns, and I'm laughing there just because it's just what more can that position take? Right. And so then you the only hope is that Mika Fitzpatrick finally well, finally returns. I think he should be because you know this would be that fourth game they've kept him off of IR mm-hmm. for a reason. If he doesn't come back in this game, then that move to not put him on an IR becomes a bit of a head scratcher. Because you just wasted a you roster just wasted spot. wasted a roster mm-hmm. spot for four straight weeks. But I think he's going to be back against the Bengals on Sunday. And he has no easing into things if you're Minka Fitzpatrick. You, right. you have to go out there and now be even better as the safety at the safety position because of how thin you are. And you have to go help out the linebackers in coverage and in run support a lot more often than you had been this year because of the injuries to that unit. So uh, stopping Joe Mixon, cutting the head off of that running game, I think is going to be such a big factor. I think Minka helps in that. But we got to give credit to Keanu Benton and Cam and TJ and Highsmith. They did a great job against the Browns last week. And if they can you know, have a similar amount of success against the Bengals in stopping the run – I think that really leaves that Bengals offense in a tough, tough place trying to score on Sunday. Yeah, it does. But, Tom, like we've said before, it may just be enough when you go up against the Steelers offense. We don't know what the Steelers offense will look like without Matt Canada, but we've seen other offenses kind of put up, what, 16, 17 points, and and that's enough, right? 
that is enough. It is a new offense, though, now. You're right. Or maybe it's not. But maybe it's an offense that has a little bit more risk involved. And this is a defense where... But here's the thing. like This is a game against the Bengals where I think if they play their normal conservative, make a couple passes here or there, control the ball, don't turn it over, splash play on defense, mm-hmm. they'll win this game against Cincinnati. Uh, not a good defense overall. And the offense just doesn't scare you with Jake Browning in there. So they can no, do their they can do their usual formula and probably end up with a dub. But you need to see a little bit and this is a good week to try just to push the ball down. You should be able to survive a turnover or two against a team like this. Your defense should be able to get off of a short field or maybe you turned it over in their territory so they still have to go like 60, 70 yards mm-hmm. for the end zone. You should force be able, them into the situation that you know your offense will you probably should face. be able to survive that against a team like this. So let it rip a little bit. Let him use the middle of the field. Let him play the position of quarterback and not just game manager. That, I think, is what everybody is kind of holding their breath and waiting to see come Sunday when it's Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan Mm -hmm. handling the duties of offensive coordinator. And I think we're going to know early in the game kind of is it going to be a little bit more of the same or are they going to start pushing the ball a little bit downfield? Because I have a feeling that it might be in their best interest to take a shot early. Just, you know. I'd love to see that. Everybody's kind of, what is going to happen? We don't know what this change is going to look like. Hit George down the field on a nice 50-yard fly route. Just, I just, would love just to see that, Tom. Even if you miss it, at least go deep. The thing is, we've seen that under Matt Canada before, right? You've seen those deep shots. Was it against the Rams, I believe? They took that first pass down the field. Uh, Green Bay from a couple years ago. Granted, Ben Roethlisberger was the quarterback, but we we just mentioned it a couple of weeks ago uh, when uh, I, I just I've, I I'm searching my brain for the times because they're so few and far between. But yes, it, it'd be it'd be something I'd welcome to see so much more frequently than we have because clearly we're thinking about the the less than 10 times, a single digits number of times that we've seen the Steelers take a deep shot or be aggressive on their first offensive drive of a game. And it's just, you can't, right? Because there's been so few instances of it. I'd love to see it now. My my worry is that, okay, you'll see it on this one drive and you'll see it on the first game. And then the week after against Arizona, it goes away somehow. I just... There's a lot of unpredictability coming with this new offense without Matt Canada there, and I just don't know which direction it goes in. Obviously, the collective of Pittsburgh Steelers followers would agree with you. You'd like it to see it be more aggressive, but at the end of the day, despite the people filling in for Matt Canada, it's going to come down to what Coach Tomlin wants to do, how he wants the offensive, what he wants the offensive approach to be every given week, and. Considering Kenny Pickett has just been pretty conservative and not turning the ball over, I have a feeling, Tom, we're going to see not entirely exactly the same offense, but more of the same than we have seen aggressive football overall. And I think they're going to lean more into the running game, even more into the running game. I mean, Faulkner is a running backs coach. I just have a feeling that that's going to be what they kind of review and say, well, what have we been doing well to kind of build off of or something that we can take from when Canada was here and move forward with in the post-Canada era. 
And it's got to be that running game. I mean, even against the Browns, the running game had a lot of success, had 170 yards total. Jalen Warren did a ton of heavy lifting there, and they had the big run run for 74 yards and a touchdown that skews things a little bit. But it was still a successful ground attack against the best rush defense in the NFL. Now you're playing the second-worst rush defense in the NFL mm-hmm. to only the Denver Broncos. I, I, just, I have a feeling you're going to see a, a heavy dosage of both running backs in this game. And another thing that I'm interested in seeing is if there is another clear-cut difference between the running backs and their performance, like if Warren goes out there and is balling like he was last week and nothing's really happening with Harris, is this new regime on offense, is Faulkner going to stick with a hot hand? Is that part of the reason why Canada you know, was relieved of his duties against Cleveland? Because why is not Jalen having such success and you're not... <laughs> really working the ball to him as much. You're not you putting think- him out there more. I'm interested to see if you see a more willingness to ride a hot hand, mm-hmm. to stick with what's working, even if it's not the, you know, quote-unquote premier player, your first-round draft pick. or This would be very different from what a lot of offenses do. But do you think you have a, a, a bona fide pass game coordinator in Mike Sullivan and a bona fide run game coordinator and Faulkner with the two of them kind of taking the lead together? Bonafide is is a strong word. Uh, Mike Sullivan has been a a passing game coordinator or an offensive coordinator before, and it didn't go well. Right. It is a little bit of a head-scratcher that they But, like, why not promote? Why 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 give them both? Why not just give one guy the job? Yeah, right, right. I, I don't know the answer to that. Maybe Faulkner, not as experienced in play calling, but is better in all the other aspects of an offensive coordinator's job, you know, getting everybody else ready uh, throughout the week and, and implementing a game plan come game day. Maybe his inexperience and, you know, being on the headset and being in Kenny's ears gave Tomlin and the Steelers a little bit of pause. And maybe they thought, you know, Kenny's been working with Sullivan for the past couple of years now. Let's at least have a, a – we just – fired an offensive coordinator in the middle of our our quarterback's second season as a starter. That's tough for any quarterback to deal with. Let's make sure that there's a familiar voice in his headset each and every Mm -hmm. Sunday. Not to say that Faulkner's, you know, a stranger to pick it, but he works with Mike Sullivan a lot more than he works with the running backs coach or interacts with the running backs coach. So maybe inexperience from Faulkner's end in that aspect of things, as well as keeping Kenny comfortable is why you have that kind of split duty. Um, But... I think that that's something you really only see or should want to see in a circumstance like this when they're both interim and you're just trying to finish off of a season in which you've made a coaching change. I don't suspect if, if one of those two were to rise up and get the job next year, if they go outside the organization, I think the offensive coordinator will be all-encompassing again. You're calling plays and doing all the other stuff. It won't be a splitting of duties. I wonder – I had this – conversation off air I wonder if do you think there's a chance if the Steelers somehow in these next seven games go five and two or six and one somehow and really impress offensively do you think it's likely that one of those two guys gets promoted for full-time coordinator next year no offense to either of those two guys and I hope they do well but I really hope but not. But wouldn't that align with how the Steelers have operated? But, but I guess but I guess the firing of Matt Canada shows they can, they can break do other the norm. Things. Yeah. They don't have to operate always the same way that they've operated. 
I, I hope that they would go outside and get I'm someone with, you. with a little bit more pedigree. No offense to those two guys. Because how much better can it even look? Right. Like, I mean, right. uh, better to me is just like, okay, maybe they score 23 points in a game. If they come out and they're scoring in the 40s and there's 400-yard games just flying out the yin-yang down the then stretch, you got to consider hiring right, these guys. Right. And you got to figure that there's something that they're doing that's working. But if it's just like a little bit of progress here and there. Yeah, don't. But my, my concern is that Don't if fall it, for fool's gold. Right. Don't fall for right, marginal right. increased production when you that can leads see, to a playoff berth at 10 mm-hmm. and 7. Because that's, that's what's probably going to happen. And then you draw the Chiefs or the Bank, or I'm sorry, the Ravens in the first game in the first round and you get blown out. It doesn't look good. Uh, don't fall for that kind of trap if you're the Steelers. Don't settle with, well, you know, things got better and we made the playoffs after all. Like, you were going, that's the way that I think this is going to happen. My my official prediction is you'll see a marginal improvement from the offense and they'll still go 10-7 and 7 and make the playoffs. But that was what's going to happen, I think, even if mm-hmm. Canada kept his job. You'd see the offense maybe not marginally improve, but be more of the same and good enough to scratch out Four more wins and get to ten and seven. So, last night's Monday Night Football game featured the Eagles and Chiefs' rematch of the Super Bowl, which we highlighted, which we pointed out was one of the highest scoring Super Bowls in the game's history. But last night, the final score was only twenty-one to seventeen. Do you not think there's a possibility that Tomlin and company look at that and say, "See, we can fight with any team. We can compete with any team. Not every team is scoring 40, 45 points." Every week, do you not think that if these two guys combined, Faulkner and Sullivan, that they can string together a five and two record and average twenty four points down the stretch? The Tomlin would say, "See, twenty four points can win you a football game." Mm, that's the trap, right? That's the right, that, right, absolutely. That, this can win you a football game because it has won us a football game in the past. Hopefully this is the Steelers' first step in shedding that cocoon. Shedding is what I mm-hmm. said. That cocoon and emerging into the modern world of NFL football and and taking a lot of the stuff that you've done successfully in the past, some of those ideals, and bringing them into the future. Because, you know, some of that stuff is still great. And, and, and the things that you do as, or, as an organization translates well to today. But also add a little bit of new into it, you know. Bring yourself into, bring a little modern flair into things. And maybe this is a step in that direction where now, you know, some of the things that we like to speculate could this happen with the Steelers? Could they get this guy? Blah, 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 blah. And it always ends with, well, that's just not how things operate. That's just not how they do it. Well, there's at least something now that you can point to and say, yeah, but they've bucked the trend, bucked with a B, right? The trend of the past. Uh huh. Recently, Maybe they can do it again in other areas. Yeah, it's just <laughs> this was the biggest buck of the trend, right? The firing. Yeah, I mean, 1941. I would hope that that is just the first of, not to say that I need a complete overhaul and change, right? But hopefully right. that we're, this we're just paves the path if a, for if another change presents itself. Right, exactly. They won't be afraid to take exactly. it. Exactly. Yes. Thank you. And that gives me a lot of optimism moving forward. For sure. And that was something that I think a lot of people were were missing with this team is that, well, we just do things the same way and nothing is, it's not yielding results anymore, but they're never going to change. Well, you can't say they're never going to change because this was a big, big change. And 
I can't stress enough how I think opportune it is for the Bengals to be the opponent on the other side of things. Uh, or excuse me, the first opponent up for this new offense, mm-hmm. for this new coordinator, for this new play caller and Mike Sullivan. It is not a good defense from top to bottom. Uh, some playmakers, sure. You don't know if you're going to see Trey Hendrickson out there. You don't know if you're going to see Sam Hubbard out there. Uh, it sets up very nicely for a favorable first matchup after making such a shocking change that your organization just never does. Never has in the Super Bowl. Never has, right. Um, So I want to see a lot of attacking of this Bengals defense. I want to see the running game. For sure. Running game really carry things. I mean, you've ran for over 160 yards each of the last three games. Why not do it again? More than anything else. And I don't know how Faulkner or Sullivan can do this because, again, these routes were there with Canada. Mm -hmm. The quarterback needs to start looking towards the middle of the field at least. I mean, he doesn't have to go there every single play, but... But don't just take it away entirely. When you're not even looking, you're missing, like, Deontay on that cross. You've seen Mm -hmm. the Twitter clip. Everybody has by now. In the end zone, yeah. so open for... Mm And it's not like he has to hold on to the ball for a while to let Deontay get open. No, it's he sees him a second or a second and a half too late. I don't even know if he sees him. I really don't even know if he's looking there. I don't even know if he's looking towards the middle of the field. There's it's that play, or he's looking at the middle of the field just for the sake of I want the defense. Like he's not actually processing Mm -hmm. what he's seeing. He's just doing it because it's like. You snap the ball, you look this way, you look that way, and then you Maybe throw. I'm just being hopeful. Maybe I was thinking to myself, how do you like how do you see him a second too late there? I hope I'm not. I hope he did see him because how if he still didn't see him, how the hell did you miss him? Exactly. It's worse if he did see him and he didn't throw the football. So hopefully I don't know. He has I, the honestly, I don't know no, what's worse. I mean, seeing a wide open receiver like that and just and then like, not throwing no, it. Or just like down. you saw it too late. How, he did, how did you it, not? He ain't see it too late. I mean, there's just no way he could have. If he saw it and made the conscious decision to check it down, I, no, I'm not even. No, he, he, didn't, didn't, he didn't. He didn't see even it. have no the chance to check it out because he did the spin out. He, he didn't even see it. There's no way he saw it because if he saw it, he would have thrown it. I have to firmly believe that, and that means that he's just not looking towards that part right. of the field. I don't know how you coach that out of somebody this late into the season, but there was that, you, and then you remember. I, I would love to see. First drive, first play, mm-hmm. aggressive deep ball mm-hmm. or Attacking a route the in the field. middle of the field, mm-hmm. a slant to Pickens, a slant to Deontay, even if it only goes for eight or nine yards, just something in the middle. Yeah, it's just, this is a lot of, uh, Tom, I feel like we're falling into the trap again that we did in the offseason the past a, couple of years. Uh, because right? Right? That that exasper, exacerbated gasp there you just is let a out sense of people leads feeling, me to believe that we're falling for people, it again. There is a sense of people feeling like it's fixed now. Like, because this is it. Like, finally, they finally got the... They were yeah, playing, I don't think like it's they fixed. they were playing against Matt Cannon. Right, right, there. right. Like, I don't was, think it's he fixed. He was sabotaging. It, it ain't all. fixed at no. all. It might be a little better. This might provide a spark. Because right. I, contrary to popular belief out there, too... And I know people, the Boswell clip from a couple years ago where people speculate that he was talking to Canada and saying it ain't because of you. Right. Who knows who he was talking right, about? Right, right, right. They didn't hate Matt Canada. Like, Pickett didn't go in it like, oh, great, here comes Matt Canada in for the offensive meeting. Or Najee Harris and Matt Canada were bro-hugging on the sideline against the Packers after Najee was having some, some big runs. Like, mm-hmm. these guys liked him as a person to an extent, enough to, you know, work under the guy. You have to imagine that there's a sense of pride that these guys will have. Like, man, 
we weren't playing well and it cost our coordinator his mm-hmm. job and it was probably the right move we needed a new coach in here to you know coordinate our offense but at the same time he's at home while we're going to Cincinnati yeah this what's week. next to come now is they need to recognize it's on them now well it they do and my point being there is let's show some pride right and be like hey kind of like what you saw with the bills I think because Josh Allen first of all I don't think he they moved Juan Ken Dorsey without Josh Allen at least saying I'm okay with it. But he makes the public showing of this is ridiculous. Right. Ken's my guy. Ken did nothing wrong. Then they go out and they drop the sledgehammer on the Jets. A great defense. A great defense, yeah. Because they felt probably a little guilty. Like, man, this is what happens when you don't play well. People's jobs are on the line. I get the sense that the Steelers will have a similar sense of guilt in their system. Not to say that, you know, a change, they don't understand why the change was made or that they're refreshed by a new voice in Faulkner or Sullivan, but just, you know, hey, a guy got fired because of our execution and our performance. We're better than that. Let's make sure that doesn't happen to the next guy, too. Like, Let's go out there and mm-hmm. show that you know we're good NFL football players. So mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a little bit of pride and a little bit of guilt bleed out, too. Uh, I think that's why, you know, firing coaches midseason has such a positive effect sometimes is because it kind of it raises those alarms in players' heads and say, whoa. I mean, this dude is now sitting at home. This guy was prepping us to lead us into battle all the way back at St. Vincent. Now we don't have him all of a sudden. That sets alarms off in players' heads. So I'm excited to see yeah. you know, the players' It provides execution. a spark. The but spark spot, provided. As we've said many times when we've seen sparks given to this team, it's got to be more than a spark. It's got to be some kind of everlasting flame. Speaking of everlasting flames, Whoa. we got a lot to pack into Fireside Friday. Tuesday. That we're recording early, but it's going to play all week long on SNR. Uh, turkey Day's on Thursday, obviously, so gotta we, about our we ain't going to be here yeah. for that. But we're going to do everything that we do. We're going to fill in a pat power rankings fast. We're going to talk about the games of the week. We're going to keep breaking down Steelers-Bangles and make our official picks there in just the next episode. But first, gear up with the latest sideline apparel, hats or jerseys of your favorite players, authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives you can only find directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops. They're located at Akershire Stadium in the Grove City Premium Outlets or at Tanger Outlets, or you can visit online at shop.steelers.com. A wild Fireside Friday coming up next on the Steelers Standard. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. 